but you do, Gino. So, Gino, welcome to Vleeties. My name is Ryan Van Vliet. I watch a lot of wrestling. I also am a, I'm one of the guys from the whole fucking show. Me, Tyler Spida, Gino, Kevin. Uh, we're all just part of that little crew there that you guys might see on the internet on Super Fun Wrestling Time. Should we just start going by that, Gino? Should we just start? Should we drop the TWFS moniker? Isn't that a, isn't that a dead brand like WCW? It could be a dead brand like WCW. We got to keep hold that carcass just in case it might be it'll be remembered for those people that were like, oh, I remember this, and then we're like, we're cut, we're holding it win the super fun wrestling time banner now oh yes yeah. i'm like paul Heyman, like you know ecw is a dead brand like i've been listening to too much something to wrestle with like i'm thinking ecw is dead thinking wcw is dead twfs it's it was canceled by youtube super fun wrestling time that should be what I, I want people to start calling it that like i'm gonna be upset now when people are like, yeah, this happened on TWFS. No, it happened on Super Fun Wrestling Time, okay? Although, Kevin and I are the whole fucking show when we get together Wednesdays after Dynamite. We don't call it Dynamite's third hour. So, Gino, welcome to Vleeties. I have a question, the burning question on my mind. You and I haven't really been chatting too much. You know that I didn't watch Bound for Glory until Monday I finished it. So, we haven't communicated, but you had some job interviews. You lost that one job. I'm still so confused. Like, why you lost the other job. Like, the warehouse job was perfect for you. It's a fucking warehouse. Wear headphones and listen to podcasts all day and just do warehouse Malachi Black says, put your fucking hammer down. So, Gino, what... So, you lost you lost the warehouse job. Before we get into any wrestling, where are you working now? Please tell me the job search has gone well. Sadly, both those job areas that I had, I haven't heard back from either place, so that's just dead and buried and that sucks like the past few days i've been sick congested coughing sneezing a lot but i've been still working out when i can like those days that we do have the group workouts i've been doing that push myself as far as i can doing all those workouts but like i haven't been able to like really put in that job application like i need to because i was worried like if i get a job interview which i normally do get like that day day after i'm still not going to feel that up for it, that i can actually go out there and not possibly get them sick so i'm worried like if i do <laughs> i want to beat this shit first in case it's contagious in case it's covid worst case there it's covid but again i just think it's just congestion just me being stuffed up and shit being cold so again, hopefully it's just nothing I need to worry you, about. If I beat this, get it out of my system, then go back out there and go to interviews. Like, do you think of the excuses like beforehand or as you're talking, does it just turn into an excuse? Because like, that's kind of what happened there. Do you know, like as you kept talking and talking and talking, you kept thinking of an excuse after an excuse. Like, I'm sick. I don't want to get them sick, obviously. Like, no, you don't want to go. Like, that's the answer is you don't want to go. You're comfortable sitting in, in that room you're in, in the cube, the Geno cube. Like, you love it in there. So why would you want to go out and get a job when you can just stay in the Geno Cube, free, three hots in a cot? You're like, you're fine. Do can of soup, whatever you want, box of life cereal. You're on your diet. Like, it's easier to do that. That's why you're comfortable doing that. Like, that's, you know, I don't want to get them sick. You should be like, I got to get this job. I need this job so fucking bad. If you get sick in the way, sorry about it, but I need this money, homie. I got to get out of the cube or at least buy a vacuum. And that's my one, again, I do think like it naturally is me caring and being like, I don't want people to be sick. I don't want to be sick. I oh. want to beat this shit just so I go back out there. Because I actually was enjoying it, though it did cost me a good bit of money already to go back and forth, to go back out there, go to job interviews, just to hopefully get that job and then not hear back from them. Like, I like going back out there. I want to do that again. That's why I want to get out of this fucking sickness so I go back out there for these job interviews and I can set up that day of or day after. Why do, why do you want a job like what like that this all like what what do you want out of a job why do you want one 
just to make money. Yeah, see, and, and I think that's the thing is like you just want to make money, and, I, and that was a mindset that I had that I had to get out of. Like, you do have to find something that you're passionate about, or at least find like a why, like a reason to live. Like for you, like what's what's like the reason for existence? Do you have one of those? Like, or do you just kind of I don't know. I don't want to be dead, so I'm just kind of floating. It's kind of in between. Like I don't know what what I want life to be. I want to be able to have money so I could support myself and eventually someone else. Like I'm open to like ideas like of me moving out eventually, but like at the same time I'm just like I don't want to be physically alone. So I need to like find people or a person I can truly bond with and be willing to support and would want me to support them with whatever job I do eventually get that I hopefully can be able to support them in this shitty economy we have right now and the very little I'll make. Well, the very little I'll make. You can make as much as you want, Gino. There's no there's no law that says one job per person. Like, you can have a job at the warehouse. You can have a, a job at a different warehouse. Like You can put in 18-hour days to start stacking money. Like You have the benefit of not having a child out of wedlock. You have the benefit of not having any dependents. Like, it's literally you. You have a huge benefit of being able to live somewhere for free. Like Nobody really has that anymore. So the fact that you get to just be under a roof, you have internet, there's so many things you can be doing that earn money. Yeah, dude, like imagine if you just like – like you're, you're, why do you want a job to make money? Well, you could have more than one job. You can make as much money as possible. Ultimately, you need to find a driver desire like past that because you're going to make money at any job that you have, but you need to kind of decide like, uh, like what is my ultimate end game? It's to move out. So if your goal is to move out, don't focus on one job to make money. Focus on making as much money as possible. Once you accumulate enough money and then you move out, now it's time for additional goals. Like, hey, I want this TV or, hey, I want to lose weight or, hey, I want to do – like, you can start stacking you, – you play video games. You know how Xbox, they always have, like, achievements. You get an achievement for doing this. Like, one of the funniest things I ever heard is somebody was, like, saying – I was listening to some podcast and they were talking about how they wished achievements were based on something real. It's like, of course they are. Like, yes, you can have achievements in your life just like in a video game. You can uh, 100% Assassin's Creed in real life just as you can in the video game. Like, you can go out and get that job, get the promotion, get another job, get a promotion there, and invest. Like, there are ways out of the basement, Gino. And that's the whole thing is I do, like, get myself into a better mindset besides just thinking about getting a job just to make money. So that's all I do. So I can actually start a career. But, like, that's another big thing is I don't really know careers I could be good in. I just know that I could do work and I'm at least a decent enough person that can work. That's yeah. all I can really think of is work. Well, we got to see you work first, you know. I think that's the problem is, like, I'm a decent enough person that I can work. It's like, well, we gotta, you got to prove that because, yeah, we want you to get to that job. You can't call in sick because – like anxiety is driving you nuts. Like everybody deals with anxiety. You can't let it defeat you. Like once you let it defeat you, like that's really, really crushing. Like that's going to hurt. That's, that should haunt you long term. Like be, being able to, to, to master your anxiety and get over it. Like, and there are people like I get it. You're, you're one of them. Like, I mean, the way your brain works, and you talk about the nothing and you talk about like in this moment. Like this moment, that's all that that's all that matters. Like it's hard. Like sometimes when I hear you talk about like the hammer, just feel like good to hold in this moment. I'm loving the new Gino channel, the Gino's drive through. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. Just having content all based around me, the most important character of this 
TWFS, basically the essential characters. What I've become, I mean, like I became the, the only character that a lot of people care about. Like it really is. Like people want those Geno videos, and I don't know if they're watching them out of just pure shock because that's why I watch them. Like the pieces of chair video is so freaking funny. Like like I said, when you posted that photo, I would have three jobs to number one buy the vacuum, and then number two get out of that fucking cube, Geno. Like don't you? That makes me so depressed that you're sitting in that cube. I mean, it is depressing, but you know I've just come to terms with. It. I've become content. I've moved off of depression. Now I'm just content with myself. Oh man, I I couldn't be content in the cube. Like that would be that would be the most motivation. Is like like that would be a punishment for me. Like hey, you have to stay in the cube, and the cube is dirty, and the cube is in a basement, and the cube is. We're gonna lock you in the cube for 24 hours, and then you're gonna have a match, and we're gonna call it monsters. Malachi Black says Vilides how many times have given Gino the speech he doesn't act on it he doesn't change same shit every month same mindset every month give you great point Nathan let's move on to Bound for Glory that's why we're all here anyway Gino don't get a job dude watch Bound for Glory watch all the digital media shit beforehand and afterfoot you were even like let's talk about the go home show your boy didn't watch the go home show I knew there was a a a pay-per-view on a Friday your Thursday show can't mean that much and it didn't luckily they why, first of all let's talk about the go home show great point you know why would they do the vexed tag team match on the go home show and then just have the rematch the next night at bound for glory why do that what's well, because vexed had a tag team match to prove that they could win but so could the killer dolls they had a match against the uh fucking swingerellas and they got a dominant win to make themselves look strong just like vex had to look strong but i think the best part of the go home show Wait, we're not side. done. Don't move yet. Right? Okay. So, so here, Gino, this is what I do. I've told Tyler to do this as well. I know you want to move on to your topic, but keep a pad handy. It doesn't hurt to have a pad with you, have a pen. So when I start talking about, hey, I want to know why they did a Vex versus the tag, their, their challengers, why would they have that match the night before the title match? Why would you do a non-title fight before the title fight? 24 hours before, No, it's not like this is a – Generic tag match in tomorrow night's tornado. It's not like this is a tornado in tomorrow night's for the titles. Like it literally was. Here's a match between Death Dolls and Vexed on Friday to see not if Vexed could co co be cohesive, to see if Jessica and Taya were cohesive. And then we find out yes, they are cohesive by them. Didn't they beat Vexed? And then the next night they beat Vexed again. Like what? What was the purpose of a double booking to make the champs look weak? And and write down your thing on your pad. What's Jeezy says? Just answer the fucking question, Gino. <laughs> yeah, just answer my question. I'll I'll do the show next week. We can do the Sonic Gino show if you want. I've been asking when you want to do that. But let's do let's do this one first. Why do a double match like that? I think it's just because we want to have again that we had to go home. Sure, they already booked the head of time. They're like, okay, we gotta have this match and have reason for it to happen. Besides just these backstage videos where we had. The uh, fucking killer dolls. I'm gonna call them that because fuck the other day. Death dolls. Why are you calling death them killer dolls, dolls? Killer dolls. I think killer dolls is better than death. But dolls. they have a they're killer Kelly. Death. Why are you confusing the two? I, okay, I guess right. I guess they're death dolls. I can't confuse killer Kelly with the killer dolls. So yeah, death dolls. They had like make them look strong as they could, even though they were obviously gonna lose the match against Vex the pay per view. Which spoiler. So yeah, we had this big match set up. So we had the death doll. Yeah, death dolls. 
fighting gets both vexed and then fighting fucking the swingerellas for no reason just to make them look even more dominant. But they just vexed. I don't know what to do with Vex. That's the whole thing. Like, they're tag team champions, but they do lose all the time on their main show, but not on pay-per-view. It's weird. I'm I'm confused as to why the Death Dolls entrance theme is not the number one thing on YouTube because it is like Impact does this thing with theme songs where I think they I think they have the formula now. They're like, let's just make a meme song. Because it, it is it the same band that does the same, the Sammy Callahan song? Because you know it's like the Death Machine. Like, you know, they kind of have that. Like, just this song is so funny with its Death Dolls. Like, who's writing this music, Gino, and why is it fantastic, and why does no one tell me about it until I'm watching Bound for Glory and laughing my fucking ass off? It's hilarious. Well, it's because the Death Dolls didn't have this theme song until Bound for Glory. The theme song they came out to on Thursday night was Jessica's theme song, where it's Jessica's sick. That's all it is. She's sick. Is so that was the first time we had the Death Doll Steam. So it was about. I club. fucking hate like nerds on the internet, dude. They put up just, hey, Vex versus Death Dolls. And I'm like looking over, I'm looking at it and I hover over it. And it's like WWE 2K. Like, who does this to me? I'm trying to watch the amazing entrance of Death Dolls, but I guess we don't get to experience that together tonight. So that's what I mean. Why would you have. So you have Vex lose on television and then it shows like. Because to me, that math was Booker T Triple H math. Like, oh shit. The, the good guy. The good guy won on the go-home show. The good guy's losing at WrestleMania. And that's kind of what I thought would happen here. Jessica and Taya get this huge win on Axis TV. And then it just circles back to the pay-per-view when Vex gets the big win. But no, Vex lost. They lost two nights in a row to the same tag team. Makes them look like shit. And uh, and by the way, Tiana, I, I don't want to body shame anyone on here, Gino. That's not what this is for. We're very body positive group but now that she's been coming out next to chelsea green not only has chelsea green's like she's just ama- you're amazing that figure is incredible and i just feel like diana's like really not trying anymore neither is steve macklin looks awful too i'm macklin does not look as good as he did when he came in did his first debut matches but like he they're I, i'm never gonna say anything bad about diana diana's still great in the ring she's still a good wrestler i I'm never good wrestler. I love Diana. I can't disrespect Diana. I, I have too much respect for it to even possibly say anything bad about Diana. But 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 what do you think about the booking? What are your thoughts on that? The booking. I'm just. I hope it's going to lead to a singles run again. We need the okay. virtual, so we don't need vexed. Have Chelsea <laughs> be in the singles run with Matt Cardona, and then have Chelsea have Mel Diana Lockheed be singles. We don't need the knockouts with it. No, and look, Gino, you're an analyst, all right? I go to you because nobody knows niche wrestling like you, Gino. So when I say, like, hey, what are your thoughts on the booking? I like that. Just say, here's what I would do. I would put Deanna back into singles. Like, you were even giving that answer. Like, you didn't take it seriously. So do you not think that Deanna can do a singles run again? Like, now that we're done, we, we've, we're the Masha Slamovich, you know, finish kind of shows us that they're not going Masha Slamovich. So it could open the door back up for Deanna. Now, if you're, if it's me, Deanna kind of sucks now. Her value has really tanked, but I got to find this entrance, you know. It was my favorite thing about For Glory, I think, was the Death Dolls song. Uh, but, yeah, just really puzzled on the booking decisions to not put uh, to, to not put the, the champs over in this scenario because they, they, just, they looked like shit on the go-home, and now they look like shit at the pay-per-view. And Deanna is just not as hot. Not even that she was super hot. It's just her body's getting more. That move is the worst, by the way. What's the name of that move that Taya does? 
I don't know what you, it's, do you have a name for that sliding German? I haven't even paid they, attention to Tom. They called it something. Yeah. Tom called it something. Now, Jessica, if I could like impact wrestling for again in a second, Jessica fucking rules, dude, but she was hilarious in this match. The sick driver. That was awesome. Like everything about what they were doing was like, she just kept calling like, this is sick. Like doing like dumb, dumb, silly bullshit. She was having a great time hanging out in impact wrestling. Let me see if this is it. Oh, Gino, I found it. Oh, not yet. So, even this graphic, just like, is this the lowest point in Impact Wrestling history? I don't think history. We have to, like, really look back at, like, how it really went, like, really below the belt. Like, you believe Green Belt, like, Green Rope TNA. We need to look back at the Green Rope TNA. No, this is the worst, I think. Green Rope TNA at least had, like, a Jeff Jarrett hanging around. Like, this doesn't even have a Jeff Jarrett. Those are the songs, you know. This is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, the following matches for the Knockouts World Tag Team Championship set for one fall. Introducing first the challengers accompanied by Rosemary, Ty Valkyrie, and Jessica Dawes. This shit was making me laugh. I don't know why this was so funny to me. Just about to say that for the first time in weeks, it seems like everybody is on. What's Jeezy says? This is just good wrestling. Yeah, this is awesome. Like this was such a clusterfuck of an entrance, and the song was so thrown together last night. Like this is Impact Wrestling. This is the lowest point of Impact Wrestling's history, like without question. Now, do I love this entrance and, and loved this match? Absolutely. But I'm watching it through a different lens. This made me love Raw last night. I thought this was so bad. And when I saw Raw with like like production value and, and lighting, I thought, oh my gosh, WWE is a whole different kind of product. I was watching it through a whole new lens, you know, that impact reminded me that wrestling can be awful. Yeah, but sometimes even awful wrestling can be irritating. I told you this before, I watch good and bad wrestling. I can enjoy every bit of it, no matter if it's good or garbage. And maybe when you have a job and you're, like, too busy to watch that much wrestling, when you do catch a couple GCWs and people are breakdancing, you go, I don't have time for this. I don't like this kind of wrestling. Since you like all the kinds, look at Chelsea Green. Is Chelsea Green a 10? What happened? And Chelsea Green's always been a 10, even back when she was being fucked by Daniel Bryan in a storyline that we never got a conclusion Is this for. a meme, just... Gino? Look at Deanna. Like, what happened? Remember Deanna? Deanna's always great. I don't see why you guys think negatively of Deanna. She's still the virtuous. She's an amazing talent. I used to love Deanna. Like, Deanna was my favorite. She was my diva of the year. She had easily the best matches on every show that I watched. This is not my champion. Hashtag not my champion, Gino. Well, she's not a champion at all right now, and at least an impact. So get right now, no champion for Deanna. Not my but virtuosa. But hopefully she will be champion. Not of what? You think she's going to take the belt from Jordan Grace? Why? She's not as good as half the wrestlers anymore. I think everyone's caught up to being able to do technical moves because she was like a, a William Regal almost. Like William Regal was never in the best shape, and she was just having matches kind of like that. But we can all chain wrestle now, and we look like Danny Garcia or Wheeler Yuta or MJF even. So it's not like her matches are going to be that. They aren't special anymore. We know that. They're always going to be special because Deanna is special. One of the greatest women's wrestlers today. Dude, I'm thinking Chelsea's next in line, dude. Chelsea kind of rules now. It didn't take much, but this night really showed me that Deanna, 
just look at this picture. Like everything about Deanna's entrance and like, I'm better than you. It's like, no, you're not anymore. You used to be. You don't give a shit. You and Macklin do not give a fuck about this. Because Macklin, great point. Macklin looks awful. Like, you know, when he showed up, he kind of looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I thought, wow, WWE kind of fucked up. Like, he has a build that would make sense for them. But no, he's, no, I, I, they were right. They, like, every, they were right. Macklin sucks. The body's not where it was once was. The, the promos aren't where it once was. Uh, this show is not good anymore, dude. I, it, it pains me to say, but this was like, as, as, as for a bound for glory, this was an amazing $5 event on impact plus. It was entertaining. That's the whole thing. It was entertainment from top to bottom. Even for the pre-show where we had dirty dango, but again, we did have Macklin who was not in the best shape and it just, it upset me the build and like the storyline they were trying to tell near the end. Cause I was like, was I right with my prediction of EY and they were going to work together? But no, we just immediately shot down my idea of EY winning. You had, a mil- so you had a million predictions, you know. Like, let's not pretend like you had one that you were locked in on. You thought Cardona was winning for sure. And you thought for sure that Cardona was in a cash-in same night. Like, that's what you thought was going to happen. So, I know that we all have 100,000 predictions. And as we're sitting there, like, should I tweet this out so it's at least in writing? Like, no, none of it happened, Gino. Pound for glory, dude. I was so upset. I was not let down. So Mia Yim obviously is no longer with TNA as well, right? Because she lost. Yes, she lost. She's no longer with Impact. And officially after this weekend, the OGK are no longer with Impact, so they most likely lost the belts during these tapings. Which also, uh, let's just walk. Let me find the card. Impact, what's it called? Pound for glory. Let's just say pound for glory results. Because... Yeah, I mean, this whole show, from the start of it, the order of matches I thought was really well done. I thought the way they started it made sense. Like, why wouldn't you have, like, just the opening match being X-Division, I mean, not not including Dirty Dango, but having the X-Division title match, I thought that was a great decision to have that where they had it. Um, and it, it, it did what it always does. It just kicked ass. It was a really good match. And a shocking ending, by the way, uh, Frankie Kazarian, once again, uh, X-Division champion, Kind of made sense, like especially when the way they were talking about it, the announcers were really hyping it up. Like Kazarian was, you know, he was here to stay, and he would be a great champion. And Speedball has he was close to Christopher Daniels' record of most successful title defenses. So it all made sense. Like Kazarian gets a big win here. It did feel a little out of place because Impact is Impact does this, and I hate this. They they do this. They have. Guys that are, are full-timers, like a Mike Bailey, and then guys that are part-timers that kind of dip their toe in an impact every once in a while. So three months ago, I would not have predicted Kazarian to even be at this pay-per-view, let alone win the belt. Like, when you go back and watch Impact 10 years ago with Bischoff and Hogan and all that shit, at least there was, like, obvious builds. Like, well, clearly they're going to have Aries win the belt here, or, well, clearly they're going to do this. Like, at least you can kind of book it out a little bit. Impact just who's gonna show up this week? We don't know. That has been kind of the case. That's why like I was surprised with this match. I think that's what they wanted is to have that big surprise. Yeah, anything could happen this battle for because we had Kazarian win the title. You don't know what's gonna happen. Like they want to have that big shock factor. And I think they did a good job and again speedball can't have a bad match with Kazarian is still one of the greats that AEW is just never going to use, so he gets to at least show his talents and impact risk. Yeah, because even that's a great point. Because even when Kazarian, like when they had said, like yeah, from Impact or from AEW, I thought I haven't seen him in a while. Like, what has he been doing? Is he just the Dark Elevation guy? 
it seems like I haven't even watched him on Dark Elevation. He's not on there. They have all these other people because Aaron's not even doing Dark, not Elevation. They don't have him do anything, and fucking CD is pretty much working every indie he wants, even going to Japan if he wants to. So Kaz is pretty much doing the same. Though. He's with Impact and any other indie he wants to work for. Well, and that's why I think it's time. Like, it's okay when people want to leave Impact, right? Like, wouldn't you want to leave if there were all there's all this talent on there and there's no room for you to have your match? Like, I'd get the fuck out of there too. So, whatever people are leaving, like, I'm hoping for that mass exodus to come. Malachi Black says, "Oh, we know what was going to happen, Gino. It was going to fucking suck." And look at that rewrite. We were right, Gino. We know what's gonna happen. So, this was a really good match. Really fun. I love the story that they were telling. Uh, just, just in, like the high spots and and the selling of like certain moves hurting more than others, and Kazarian still trying to get the chicken wing over, you know, like all that stuff's going into this match. I did not see Kazarian winning it, and I thought it was an interesting way to start off the night. Like, holy shit! Like Kazarian won a belt, so part of me is like, it, it's like anything can happen on a Monday Night Raw, and the other part of me is this doesn't make any fucking sense. So. They, they can't have, like, I can't have it both ways. So I got to be either surprised that Kazarian won it. Why pull it from Bailey, though? You're Scott Demore. Mike Bailey is no longer your champion. He was in the middle of a really lengthy exhibition championship reign. Why pull it off of him now? Because we put him in the world title picture. After my after Josh Alexander possibly has this match against who won the Collier Show, which we'll talk about, just so he's proven that he's beaten every major world champion he can beat. That's when Mike Bailey beats Josh Alexander for the world title. All right. We'll see. And that's Chino booking it. We'll see. And you said hopefully at the end of that. Next match, Mia Yim, Mickey James. Another one with a shocking ending. Because even if so, uh, let's let's get behind the scenes. Because sometimes you know you always say, "Well, of course we know." A lot of our listeners don't. You and I are the only ones that watch this shitty show. So, Mia Yim's contract is up. We did talk about that on a previous episode of Ladies. Mia Yim is no longer going to be with Impact Wrestling. Her and the Kingdom—they're leaving. Maria's out. Like a lot of talent is leaving Impact at the same time. The Good Brothers have also recently departed from Impact Wrestling. So. We have this match where Mickey James is building like this is the last rodeo. The next time I lose, my wrestling career is over, and I either uh, retire or eventually I win enough matches to get another title shot. So uh, I love the way they built this. Mia Yim, Mickey James, Mia Yim moved to Virginia from LA to train where Mickey James trained. The storyline they built for this felt like the farewell. This seemed like the end of Mickey James's career. Because if she's going to lose, why wouldn't it be to Mia Yim, like a hot baby face who's fresh off of a WWE run? And really, really good match. Like, like I know you're not a big fan of Mickey James, but this was such a good match. And the story that they told was fantastic. At the end of it, with Mickey in the corner, like, saying, come on! You kind of thought they were spoofing the Ric Flair-Shawn Michaels retirement match because that is what was happening. We all thought, like... Well, it's bound for glory. It's the biggest event of the year. She's going to lose like Ric Flair lost. So it makes sense for her to lose. Mickey James beats Mia Yim. Great fucking match. It was a great match. Close to match of the night, but there was one match that was even better that I loved for all the right reasons. But this match was very close to it. Mickey James still going on this run, and I just believe wholeheartedly now it's Masha Slavich that's going to beat Mickey James and her career to push Bosch after this match we'll talk about in just a little bit. Maybe like because that's interesting so and I didn't put point I didn't put much thought into what was match of the night because I think match of the night might actually be the tag match but 
because uh, I thought that was really, really well wrestled. I loved the story that they were telling in that. That was fantastic. Is that the next match? Uh, no, the next is the knockout tag title. So not match of the night, but it was fun. I mean, it was fun to watch this fucking I mean, talk about a, like just a fun car crash of mishmash of everybody doing a different thing. And they were in their characters like that. I, I hated this so much that I loved it. I think maybe that's remember you hated or that Macklin Trey Miguel triple threat match with all the botches. Like it was like one of the worst wrestle matches ever. Botchamania just posted the whole thing on their page. Uh, you were like, I oh, look, sometimes I like shitty wrestling too. And like, it was the shittiest wrestling like we had ever watched. This was a different version of that. Like the, it was well wrestled. The, the, the moves looked like moves. The wrestlers wrestled like wrestlers. It was just Vex versus the Death Dolls. Like, say that out loud without having a huge smile on your face. Vex versus Death Dolls. It was just an entertaining match. And I just, I wish so much that Rosemary was more involved. She's the best. I love Courtney Rush. Courtney Rush is a living legend and she deserves more TV time because she's the most entertaining part of their group. Is oh, she? Well, more entertaining. Yes. Jessica is the most entertaining. By Jessica far. is like right up there. She's become a lot better, becoming entertaining. And Taya just being the dumb airhead that she's always been is always fun. But I love Rosemary. Rosemary is definitely third fiddle to these two right now. That's why they're the tag champs. Rosemary's the manager. I thought what would have been interesting is if Rosemary turned heel on them and like Sue Young came out. Like I was expecting a twist because. Yeah, Rosemary is just kind of vanilla and sucks. Like, I don't like Rosemary, so you can do something to make her interesting. Like, oh, she turns heel on these two girls that were her friends, but that's probably where this is going to. Like, probably at Hard to Kill, it'll be Death Dills, Death Dolls versus Rosemary and Sue or Rosemary and Kimberly or something. Rosemary and somebody else. So maybe you're right. Maybe Vex, like, this was just kind of a – this was a pit stop for them. They're just going to win tag belts because Deanna needed some gold for a little bit. And we're just going to move on to singles careers after. Uh, other than that, yeah, Rosemary's the worst. Why? Do, so why do you like Rosemary so much? I've followed her career for years, and I've just been a fan like her. And the whole storyline with her and Allie made me more a fan of her. Like the whole bunny, demon, ex-bunny stuff, I was a big fan. And I just I grew to really become interested and attached and just loved Rosemary's whole gimmick and character work. She was able to do with the whole demon assassin, the shards of the demon with the whole Allie's world vlog shit she used to do with the buddy and is that green rope tna they, that it was around green rope tna and then like later in tna when again she was really able to embrace more of her character and do more stuff with the buddy before Allie gets fired and then they had to kill her on tv and being one of the first two killings on tna since the first one before which that one was Mickey James. Allie is the the bunny right the like bunny the butcher yes, and the, the bunny, bunny is Allie. Allie. All right, this show sucks. Okay. Well, I'm glad that's why you like her because when I, whenever I watch her, I watch mediocre wrestling matches. I watch her almost get her arm broken by Sexy Star. Like, I, I don't know what the big high spots for Rosemary was. Now, I understand her importance to TNA. Like, I respect her for being one of the talents that is sticking around. I said she should have won that X Division, that Ultimate X match. Like, why wouldn't she win that if you were going to put her in a, in a marquee spot? They're not using her in a way that makes me think they even like her that much. Like she's just kind of hanging on. She's a perfect manager for Taya and Jessica. You have two really entertaining in-ring wrestlers, and then their manager. It's it's a fantastic formula. In the chat, Quigley says Rosemary peaked with Decay, the Delete versus Decay. I thought that was that was well done because yes, yeah, she was the mouthpiece for Crazy Steve and Abyss again, the manager. So she's perfect. She found a role that fits her well. You know. Uh, C-plus from our friends at Bleacher Report. 
this was match of the night, I think. I loved this Motor City Machine Guns versus the Kingdom. I was wrong in my prediction. I thought that it was so obvious Motor City Machine Guns were going to win because the Kingdom, we all know their contracts are up and they are leaving Impact Wrestling. So, amazing match. My favorite part is the amount of spots where Shelly and Saban were able to make Bennett and Taven fight each other. Like, just how they would use, like, oh, an accidental super kick, an accidental clothesline, an accidental this, an accidental that. Like, they did so much of it that it felt so well thought out and planned. Like, when you watch tag team matches, you do look for that tag team continuity and you look for what separates this from a singles match. What makes this better than just a one-on-one? And the amount of teamwork that Shelly and Saban did made this fucking fantastic. It was a really, really well-wrestled match. The psychology was all there. The super kick to Maria at the end was also kind of a huge, like, holy shit, Saban and Shelly are really going to win now. And they swerved us. They swerved us. Uh, the heels got the they, they got their feet on the ropes, and they were able to pick up a victory. And this led to something I thought would happen later in the night, but I'm not going to say what that means, Gino. But what did you think of this match? So you, this isn't your match of the night, though. This is not my match. Like this is up there. It's very close. There's one more match, but like this match was so amazing. I loved it. I love the kingdom. I love that Matt Taven gets to have this time for a short period of time longer before whichever tapings was that they lost about. And I didn't want to read the spoilers, but at least they know they're no longer with Impact, so yeah, they probably don't have the belts. Champs, yeah. But they at least our champs gonna be on TV for a week or two, so that's good. Even though they are champions right now. Thank you, Demanda. They could be on TV for another like, like three like weeks. Three weeks we're yeah. gonna have, and then they're gonna lose the belts in that third week on yeah. that weekly show because they won't be part of the uh, events because the events are always live. The whole like premium live show they do every month. So like that's at least we have three weeks at most. We're gonna see with Matt Taven before yeah. he hopefully shows up in WWE because Matt Taven would be perfect at WWE. I kind of think Bennett should go back too. I know you do, I know you don't like Mike Bennett, but I do think that uh, it's perfect timing for Mike and Maria to go to WWE, bring Matt Taven with them. Like, why not? Why not just keep that tag team going? WWE can use tag teams too. Although Impact can use tag teams too. I like. I know that everyone signs like a 90-day contract. They get some exposure with Impact and they go work at a real wrestling company, but... If you're the kingdom, you fit so well in here. And now name all the other tag teams that are in this company. It's literally, isn't it just the Motor City Machine Guns now? We've lost all of our tag teams. There's no Finn Juice. There's no Motors, or there's no um, the kingdom. There's there's no other teams now. We have the major players. We have Decay. We have some teams still. Is Decay still there? I guess Crazy Steve. Crazy I Steve and Black Taru. Neither one of them are at this pay-per-view, huh? Uh, no, they weren't, but because, Weird. again, Black Taru was not there because he got beat the fuck out of by Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler. Mm, that's right, because he didn't, I see, we knew that Brian Myers thought that was going to be, this got an A-plus from Bleach Report. I got my finger on the pulse of a Bleach Report thinks. This was an A-plus match. This was really, really good tag team wrestling. It, like, when, when we watched WWE tag team matches, that remember that, that Street Profits match versus the Usos that I really liked? Like, this kind of made, this is one of those matches that when I think of what I expect out of a tag team match, this was fucking awesome, Gino. I loved it. Uh, and then we moved on to the Collier Shot Collar, which I was actually kind of shocked was here. Um, I thought it would be either earlier in the night or, like, right before the main event. I was shocked that it was at this point in the night. But... How long was this thing? Because I felt like they tried to lie to me a few times. They tried to tell me that Macklin was in this thing for a half hour. 
I was like, no, he wasn't. This match is only like 18 minutes I long. don't remember how. Like, it's... Wiki said, look, he had the guy I saw it said like close to 28 minutes. So, yeah, not a half hour, but close enough. Yeah, they were saying like, round up. Macklin was in the, he was in the final two, and they were like, uh, what's his name? Tom Hannafin was trying to say that he'd been in the match for 26 minutes. I was like, no, he hasn't. He's been in the match for maybe 15. But why, what, like, what's that about? Why try and do that? Why ch- This is like the Royal Rumble. Like, no, it's not. Like, make it like the Royal Rumble if you want to have a Royal Rumble on your biggest show of the year. I don't, I, I like this match. I, I like that they do a Royal Rumble on, on their biggest show of the year for the for a Money in the Bank trophy. So I like that they're doing all, like, all of that's fine. It's your biggest show of the year. I like Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. I think that was a great time to have that event. So if you're going to do something similar to that, do this call your shot gauntlet. But ah, so let's go through it, you know. So ultimately, uh, who do, for if I can throw this out there, uh, Bobby Fish was really odd, odd looking. I know he was really excited to have a to get out of AEW. He looks awful. He's not in the shape he used to be with the undisputed era. I do think maybe it is by idea like the PC is so much special so much more advanced like a regular gym that they don't feel they can really get the workouts they would normally <laughs> would at the pc so like that they'll get in their perfect shape like they would be for wbc at bobby fish it was sad to see him but what i loved and what i was so happy for because i did watch the go up show my boy joe hendry's with the impact again it's great i love joe hendry i don't like so what, what, do, the- what do you like about joe hendry he was the worst guy of uh what culture pro wrestling and now he gets to be the worst guy of impact wrestling how is he the worst guy? He was entertaining. He, again, he makes his own music because he's a great musician. He's a performer. He's an actual wrestler. He's good. Entertainment is all he's about. He's one of the best entertainers but that the, Beck could have. But then that damn bell has to ring. And like just watching him in the ring, it is a joke. Like, Why does everyone have to be a joke? Can't some people be wrestlers? Yeah, that's the good thing. Sometimes they can be wrestlers. That's why he had to fight EY, a real wrestler. So he had a real wrestler versus the joke. But the joke got to have the upper hand for a good bit of time. But then the real joke later on got to be Johnny Swinger, my boy. I was going to say. See, I enjoyed joke. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Hendry is not as good of a joke as Johnny Swinger. And he's not as a tough. Like, he made me like Macklin. I was like, Macklin, he's a fucking kill this guy. Like, that's really where I was at. Sammy Callahan is unbelievably out of shape. Like, unbelievably. This is why he, like, I was. This was a disappointing match. Malachi Black says maybe that will help Gino Velides. We need to get him to the PC. What do you think is Matt? What do you think's happening at this PC gym, Gino? That just makes everybody get way better workouts. What do you mean? Like I go to gyms that look like the PC. Do you know what the PC look? Do we need to watch some PC footage? We probably need to see a whole tour of the WWE PC just to see just how advanced this is compared to like a regular, run the mill gym like an LA Fitness. Let's see, WWE, PC, here's the combine, that's six hours, you want to watch that? Yeah, we can watch six hours, why not, we got time. Hey, I got a question, did you hear Sarah Lee died from Tough Enough? Yeah, I heard she died. What was, what was that about, what happened, do you know what happened? I didn't look too much into it, but like Bull Dempsey did set up the whole GoFundMe, but I didn't really get a chance to like check what all happened with her, but it's sad that she died. Yeah, I, I mean, I had no idea. She was 30 years old, and, like, she had some – her last tweet was something cryptic, like, I could finally walk again. And I was like, what is – and everybody thought, what does that mean? And then she died the next day. Yeah, it's really sad. But, again, at least Bullfit, Bulldempsey was able to be there for her family to set up this GoFundMe for it. Damn, you know, WWE's 
fucking keeping this shit under wraps, it seems, man. I'm just trying to find some good some good gym footage of this stuff, brother, brother. Like, why do you think they're hiding the gym footage, you know? I just want to see what it looks like in there. Like, what what would make it so advanced that these guys can't get this workout at Seth Rollins' CrossFit gym? That's a, I don't know why we get to so advanced, so top of the line, that they can't get the money. Seth Rollins can't get that kind of money for his gym. It's really surprising because CrossFit, CrossFit gym ain't nothing compared to the PC. Like, I don't know. I'm just seeing dumbbells. She's got fat grips. Those are good for your grip. You're not supposed to use them on push exercises, but, you know, she's not the trainer. He is. Um, there, there's a rogue squat rack. There's some benches. I mean, this is just basic free weight shit. You know, you're telling me these guys can't find free weights? Yeah, I don't think it can fit the same free weights that they can the PC. I think the PC is just too top of the line. Chains. I mean, yeah, not every gym will have chains. That's just a pull-up pull up bars in the squat rack. Uh, I don't know, Gino. Like, what what do you think it is? Like, there's got to be something I'm missing. Like, you're thinking they have, like, a hyperbaric chamber or something, right? They could have that type of chamber, like that ice chamber that fucking Joe Rogan talks about. He freezes himself and he's, like, back in, like, perfect shape and all this type of stuff that's top of the line. I'm sure they have all this stuff. They probably have cupping people there, too. They can do cupping every day. And they can't do cupping anywhere else? It's only, it's only no, there? No, they have to pay. You have to pay so much for cupping. At least at PC, it's all for free. You, how much is cupping? What? You need all this type of therapy. What does cupping have to do with you, like gaining muscle? What guys? Arnold Schwarzenegger never had cupping when he was getting big. I know he had steroids, but there's other guys that can stay in shape without cupping. I don't know if that's a therapy. What do you know about cupping? You like know? Daniel Bryan does cupping. We see Daniel Bryan always cups. People are like, why does he have those stats? And he's not at the PC. Cupping. He works for AEW. Yeah, he pays that extra money for that cupping therapy. And, and, he's, for and he's in shape. So when you're telling me that the PC is this magical gym, how come guys like Daniel Bryan are, ma- are managing to stay in shape? I don't know. That's like, It's all different. I don't know where they're going, but I think the PC is just a different kind of monster compared to a normal L.A. fitness gym. I don't know, dude. I mean, this looks very, very basic. They got squat racks. They got dumbbells. Like, we need to see, like, where's, like, the – Hey, that's Tucker. We need to see like where the like the gym part is that we can't you don't have access to. Like all of this stuff is generic meathead freeway shit. Yes, they have to have some type of hidden parts of it that they don't want to have open. Even during that fucking I don't know what was it, the match with Bri- uh, Edge and Roman, there were spots they didn't want to go to. There were doorways we never got to see where Edge they and did. Randy. Yeah, look Edge and Randy. back extension machine right here, just kind of stretch out the hamstrings and the low back. I mean, this place rules, Gino, but it doesn't strike me as like anything, anything more exclusive than an LA Fitness or I'm, I go to Gold's. Gold's has a lot of this shit. Sadly, I don't think there's any Gold's near me. There's just an LA Fitness that I do need to try to attend to to see if it seems the same as a fucking WWE. LA piece. Fitness rules. I don't know why you think that like, LA Fitness doesn't have like the things you need to get in shape. Like LA Fitness, Marietta, Georgia. Like I'm sure it's fucking great. It's probably in Georgia. I spelled Georgia wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure it's fine, Gino. I don't know why you think that wrestlers can't get in shape at different gyms. Like, again, Daniel Bryan. These guys, these they're able to 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 get yoked somewhere else. True, true. So that's what I just need to keep in mind is maybe there are people that just aren't as motivated like they would have been with WWE when they were like pushed to always go to the PC to get in better shape. So, but yeah, so like you know, so that's why when I look at a Sammy Callahan and I just think like, what happened? How did he get that big and 
how is he still wrestling? And does he think he's an elite? Like wrestling should be like an athlete. Like you should be some sort of an athlete. Like why are you? Look at this gym, Gino. This is awesome. This is lifetime fitness. You got to pay like one fifty a month to go to this gym. God damn, I don't have that. I will probably won't have that kind of way for a minute to be able to afford that shit. Dude, this place is pretty sick though. This guy's like, hey man, look, this is me. I did my gym vlog. This guy looks. This guy's doing what I did. I I didn't hold my my phone though. Damn, see, he's trying to be better. He's able to hold his phone after his workout when he was resting his arm. He just wants to keep it there. He's All right, Gino. So Sammy Callahan looks awful. Thank you for agreeing with me. Fucking, you, he can work out. I don't know why he's like super fat and it's like, well, he doesn't have the performance center. It's like neither does every other wrestler. Like that's you can be in shape without a performance center, right? Like it, it's possible. Daniel Bryan's doing it. Uh, CM Punk did it. You know, there's guys that are in shape that don't need that. Look at Brian Cage. He's never been to the performance center. He's yacked. That's true. You know, Brian Cage is yacked. Wardlow is yacked. We had these two great bosses last week, and they didn't want to give them the time they deserved. No, that was terrible. Um, so in this match, we got to see Tommy Dreamer. He's uncanceled. He was able to wrestle again on an Impact Wrestling show. He is unbelievably out of shape, and it was really sad. So talk about the non-motivation, you know. This guy is canceled. He should just be at the gym all the time getting back in shape. No, nope, fatter than ever. More Worse shape. Bully Ray was in incredible shape. Bully Ray showed up, Gino. That was the huge like name they got, I think, for this, right? Like, was there anyone that, and of course your boy, Matt Cardona, was was returning and he was in this. Was there anyone like that was a bigger surprise or somebody that you thought was gonna be in there that wasn't? Like like Gujar sucks, by the way. Gujar blew a couple spots and I thought, oh no, this guy sucks. Uh but Gujar, I think is still good, but again, like those spots were blow for him. That's why hopefully he's gonna have a really good match with Matt Cardona this Thursday night, that's going to be really good where McIntyre gets to have his big push. But yes, like Cardona's surprised because like, will they actually do Will they pull the trigger with Cardona? No, they didn't. They, did they not. won that bully. And then bully, and bully coming back was really surprising. Like this guy in NWA superstars here. And we had him. We had Tommy. We had Rhino come back. So we had ECW. And Johnny Swigger decided, you know, why was it ECW too? And those three guys did respect Swigger when they should have. Swigger deserves more respect. Swigger should have won. That was Not hilarious. Bully. I did enjoy that spot, though, because as I saw Swinger in the corner, I said that out loud. Like, Swinger was in ECW. And he, like, walked in and, like, you know, they were like, no, you weren't really in ECW, though. You were, like, Swinger and we're, like, Rhino Dreamer and Bully Ray. So, cool moment, fun ECW reunion. And Impact has to rely on that stuff a lot. Like, hey, awesome moment that another company built you know like and i get it it's fine so uh, it's like when you saw uh buddy murphy and uh alistair black you were like well th he did that to the eye and i was like i don't even remember any of that shit so sometimes there's lengthy storylines involved killer kelly and tasha Steeles keep their program going bobby fish looked awful nobody thought he would win rhino and heath got back together pco got eliminated quickly that was great um yeah i don't know it was kind of i i Based on this talent pool compared to last year's, like once they like, I kind of was with you. Like maybe just give it to Matt Cardona. Like who gives a shit? Like no, it didn't have the star-studded lineup that it did last year. I mean, even though some of the stars are still good, like, Moose didn't really get to have that much of a showing like he should have. Like he could have been the final two with Bully, and then had Bully win. I thought that would have been better. Like been like, will Moose be the first ever two tie back to back? And he no, couldn't. Macklin's they didn't want to do that. 
they had to have Macklin be close. Ma- to yeah, Macklin was the moves. perfect choice because Macklin's their golden goose that won't lay a uh, won't lay a dud like this. He he. Hey, who's gonna win Monsters Ball? Who's gonna win this? Like they love having Macklin win in these big moments. So I think that Monsters Ball even made me think. Well, Bully's not winning this shit. I, nobody's seen Bully in forever. Like this is like when Batista won the Royal Rumble. He's not winning this thing. And Macklin was an easy, like, they love this fucking Macklin guy. Why not give him this victory? And they didn't, which kind of shocked me. It was a good shock. We had Bully Ray, and then we we will talk about the main event where Bully Ray does get involved. Is this your match of the night, Call Your Shot Gauntlet? No, Call Your Shot Gauntlet was not my match tonight. The match tonight, you'll see what it is. I believe it is right here. Oh, this match sucked. This is your match of the night. Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace. You're just. This be- was such a good match. God damn it. It was perfect. You're just. This was the in. story they were telling. It was so well done. It was so great. Masha was going to kill her. And I love the Masha dress as Bull Nakano because I love Bull Nakano, the greatest women's wrestler of all time. You don't like Bull Nakano. You like the idea of Bull Nakano. You're a What hip- the fuck do you think? I, I've watched Japanese women's wrestling. You're a hipster wrestling fan. So of course, you like Bull Nakano. Nobody actually does, though. Like, that's one of those answers. That's just one of those people that people put, let's do our top fives. Bull Nakano. Like, no, that's not true. Like, you've watched, we've all watched hours of Trish and Lita. They're in our top fives. Let's stop pretending that we're too good to admit we like that. So, this match was not that good. So, wait. So, you really enjoyed the Jordan Grace Slamovitz match better than the tag match? Yes, I'd say it was. It was it was up there. They were like neck and neck, but there were like the story that Basha and Jordan were telling, and especially that. Malachi like, Black says, perfect. "Why does Gino say like they should or like we should? We don't have to do shit regarding yeah, impact. We don't have to do shit. I, I I agree with Nathan, and I've said that to you before. But we don't give her this, the respect she deserves. Like, or you know, people should be paying attention to. Like, if 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 they were doing a good job, we'd be paying attention." especially this fucking Slamovich match. I was like the, even the promo package kind of got me interested in this. And then that damn bell had to ring and Maja Slamovich just isn't ready. Jordan Grace is fantastic. She's a great champion. She's in the best shape of her career. Uh, but you like Masha, I think for the gimmick for the bit, I think she sucks. Like she's missing. Like we talk about connecting to an audience. I like don't, the best thing about her is when they say Masha Slamovich, and then it's over. Like that, her name is incredible because it's Russian and it's got the word "slam" in it. Everything around that is not good. I think it's good to get her old character work that she's been able to do with this killer that she was going to kill George. She spoke Russian. They translated during that contract signing to make sure we knew that she was going to murder Jordan Grace. It was so hopeful for this moment. And again, they did a good job telling the story like this unbeatable, unstoppable monster, undefeated Mosh Slam. She has not been beaten. She has never been able to experience defeat and learn from defeat as Jordan Grace was trying to teach her. She was finally able to learn from this defeat that she was given by Jordan Grace from a finish that we never expected from the top rope. No, we expected it. We saw it coming from a mile away. Like All the spots were where they were supposed to be and yeah, I mean it was a fine, I don't know, I don't like Masha. I thought the match was good. It was good because Jordan made it good. I thought Jordan did an amazing job. Um, But this was just fucking like it was very forced by the way like i agree with lady frost like you have two very similar characters one's cold one's russian and they just decided to goldberg this one they said that she's gonna beat everybody she's gonna have like a murder list or she's gonna bury the entire women's division and when it finally came down to it jordan grace won the match so um yeah 
whatever. Like, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed this, but you're just saying it's better than the tag match for the memes. This isn't even better than the speedball match. The speedball story was incredible, too, uh, to the point where fans started booing and cheering both guys. Like, this didn't have any of that. This was kind of – we were sitting on our hands. This was a popcorn match after the Call Your Shot gauntlet. See, I was just hyped for this match. See, I was just – I was invested for this match because I was – I'm a big fan of Masha Savage. Jora Grace, she's able to be in this great shape she's in and be this great champion. How is she and in she such good the, shape without the performance center? That's true. I don't know how she's in such a great shape. She's just somehow been able to get there. Maybe she just fucking sneaks into the PC because she might be coming to WWE soon because we have so many people from other promotions that are still working at other promotions coming to WWE. It's the only gym that there is. Like, I don't know how she's in such good shape if she's not going to there. So, the main event, Gino, I think I voiced my opinion on this last night. This match was, was, it was long. It was definitely long. They had time. They gave him time. Um, it just sucked that it was Eddie Edwards. Like, it really does, like, show you where impact is, where Eddie is the main event and it's being given a lot of time. And it doesn't make Josh look good that he wins this match. It makes Eddie. It doesn't make Eddie look good that uh, like none of it, none of it did good. Like I, it, the only part that I kind of liked was Alicia and the kids. Like that was the only part where I kind of thought, oh, maybe they're adding a layer to this where Eddie's going to turn babyface or something. And th- like so, <sighs> did you at any point think Eddie was going to win? No, I had no point that A was going to win this match, but I ended up, I liked the match, even though, yes, I know you didn't like it because, oh, the fans had Chad Taker shirt off, and that's what really took it away from you. That was awesome. That chant. Then when they started, he just said, no, like, it's, I knew what they're doing, especially now with Bully being the call your shot champion. It's like, oh, Josh Alexander literally is just going to beat every single TNA slash Impact champion until he is the only one. So he's just showing himself to be the greatest by being every single Impact champion in history. It was just a great moment because it's everything I've been saying about Eddie Edwards, like not being like a real champion or a real wrestler, like just not in shape, just, just like pulverizing each other in the main event. Just being a backyarder who sucks. Like, like, like even this spot was so like this part of the match could have been so awesome because it is just chops and slaps and chops and slaps, and then. They just start telling this schlub, hey, take your shirt off. Or, hey, Josh, maybe rip his shirt off. Well, no, Eddie's uncomfortable showing his tits on TV, so we're not going to do that. It just feels so Bush League backyarder, not professional wrestling bullshit. But just Josh gets to prove that he's the man to be the best by being able to show himself off. He doesn't give a fuck. He's just a dominant guy. Even though he's taking all this punishment, he's still the better man. to battle back. Alexander defiant in the face of Eddie Edwards, who spits into the face of the champion. Much like he's spit in the face of Impact Wrestling. That part's cool. Again, and the champ is firing up and firing back. Yeah! Alexander go! Hammering away on Edwards. Oh. I hate this shit. I, yeah, maybe Kevin's right. I hate Eddie Edwards. This really was like, hey, he was a champion here before. Like him in the main event wearing tights and a shirt. Oh, God. Like, yeah, this was the main event. You know, this was the last thing. This should have opened the show. 
Well, at least again, this was the main event. It should have probably started off the show, but at least we're over now. Eddie Edwards is not in the main event picture. Josh Alexander killed another former champion. Now he's going to kill Bully Ray and just keep on this hit list of beating up all the former champions. And they did nothing with the Alicia Edwards is at ringside thing, right? Like she said, like, this ends or we end. Like this whole, like, this whole, like, our marriage ends or this honor no more shit ends. Now this spot was cool. Like, hey, Ring of Honor Bully Ray was a Ring of Honor guy, so it seemed like they were, hey, we set him up for you. But I also thought, what if Bully Ray cashes in the Collier shot on the kingdom because the kingdom is leaving, right? So Bully Ray, Josh Alexander, tag team champions. Last year, Josh Alexander lost his belt coming out of the pay-per-view. This year, he leaves with two. What an amazing turn of events. Uh, That's not what happens here, though, Gino. Bully Ray is in incredible shape. I really like Bully Ray. Um, Josh Alexander, I'm excited to see their match eventually, but I think it's going to be a while. I don't even think hard to kill. I'm thinking we're waiting until Slammiversary for this shit. They could do it whenever they want to pull the trigger, do it within the next few weeks, or do it again later. Like, even next Bound for Glory, have him hold on this trophy till the next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, book, I'm booking TNA. Hard to kill. You can do the Macklin-Alexander match, because I know we got a couple, you know, premium live events before we get to that, but I'm th- like, because even this spot right here, Bully Ray's helping him out. And you kind of just think, hey, let's cash in the call your shot. Let's have some more matches on this fucking show. Um, or maybe that's what they did. Maybe we're going to find out on the first episode of Impact this week. Oh, well, you, well, you missed after Bound for Glory. And then it was just, oh, he cashed in his call your shot. Now he's the champ. So uh, I, it, it's fine. I, it, this part's fine. The Eddie Edwards part was just what I had to sit through, right? 30 minutes of generic wrestling. Yeah, and then they also had now, the whole box says, of production. Where is a biscuit Joseph Parks in there? We do need Joseph Well, he's part of WWE. He's contracted as a producer. But what I do also love is that, because Impact did pull an impact of how bad their production could sometimes be, is that they cut the feed a little bit too early. Did they brought back the feed to show the fucking table spot? Oh, I didn't even notice that. So is there a table spot that happens after this? little? I think it might have even been cut from the this from my fight TV that I recorded. Feed. Yeah, I believe they even cut it from that, but let's just see. Hopefully they did, because, yeah, they have the whole graphic, be like, oh, Impact, it's over. But then they start the feed again, and it's fucking uh, Mike Bennett goes through the tape. Oh, that's I definitely didn't see that. And why, and why even do that? Like, we have this amazing moment that we're letting marinate and setting us up for the next show. Maybe that was supposed to be just for the crowd, like to send the crowd home happy. Hey, here's the Impact graphic and Anthem Sports. They're trying to pull a WWE, like they bring the graphic up, and then something happens afterwards. Nope, never happened, Gino. Or wait, maybe it does. Yeah, but this feed didn't know. There's still time. Still play. There's still play. Is there audio? That would be so, this, this so shitty. Um, It just comes back out of nowhere. And through the table! That would be great, actually. Just random yells. So, no, Gino, it never happened. There was no table spot. It was all in your mind. So, w- overall, Gino, I know that you really enjoyed Bound for Glory. It really was depressing for me because it is supposed to be the biggest event of the year. This wasn't as big of a letdown as the Japan for Glory, like when they when they had that random one that was pre-taped in Japan. Put that shit on. Do your dance, Do your dance. Put that shit on. Thank you, Malachi Black, for the stay safe spells. But... Anything main evented by Eddie Edwards and, you know, Josh Alexander is great, but, you know, he can only make, like, that match was so long and there's other wrestlers that deserve that spot. 
I just don't think Eddie takes this shit seriously enough to get there. And I bet if he got in my face and said, you don't think I take this seriously? I would have to tell him, look, dude, you don't. Remember the American Wolves? You were in amazing shape. You were a, you were Kurt Angle. You were a Kurt Angle. And now you're, now you're a Mick Foley. Nobody gets to do both. He's the only one who is able to do both. But, man, it's just it's a shame how many people who, again, were just right here at Bound for Glory doing the tapings that are now free agents like Goji, K and Vincent. Oh, was Vin- I didn't know Vincent was part of the crew. So Vincent's also uh, heading to greener pastures, huh? Apparently, because I did read reports that Dutch and Vincent were backstage at Raw. Dutch and what? Whatever the words you said? So we're going to have possibly like them being a part of so why it's six should be interesting uh, wait who's that you cut out is dutch is who it was uh dutch and vincent dutch oh. and vincent they were both part of the uh, righteous vincent's group and like they were apparently backstage and rough so possibly vincent could be a part of this why six which would make perfect sense he could be the fiend he'll be a skinny fiend now new fiend oh that sounds awful gino gino you're a wrestling analyst and a wrestling expert like say that with some verbose like give me some energy when you're talking like you're breaking news and you're like yeah dutch yeah you know dutch like no i don't let the people know yeah ladies yeah dutch and vincent part of the righteous from ring of honor their former ring of honor six-man tag team champions they're actually backstage at raw triple h has interest in them i think for my professional wrestling opinion we should see them joining the Wyatt Six. Bray Wyatt's putting together a crew. Why not put together guys who are creepy and weird as shit? Like a Vincent, like a Dutch. These are amazing characters that we need to to be on Monday Night Raw. You know? Gino, can you give me one of those once in a while? I could give you one of those once in a while, but it's not going to be Monday Night Raw. It's Friday Night Smack, where we have the SmackDown Six, where we're going with the Wyatt Six on the SmackDown Six, where we're going to have Dutch as Huskis the Pig, and we're going to have Vincent either as the fucking rabbit or as the feed, we're gonna have a whole new feed with the black dreadlocks, just like Vincent has. Sweet, that sounds terrible. So, okay, good. Now, uh, the the Good Brothers did return to Monday Night Raw last night. I had no idea. Like Kevin knew, Tyler knew. Did you know? Were you one of these people? Like, are you not a casual? Because I had no idea. There was like a few hours before Raw where like there's expressed feelings that the Good Brothers could become back. Like they do this all the time. Like there's like hours before like Raw or Smack. There's reports like this person may be interested to come back, and they show up that night. So yeah, I was like, oh, the Good Brothers could be showing up. And when Finn called AJ Uncle, I was like, Carl Anderson says that they are coming, and it was like it was amazing. We got to the Good Brothers and Carl Anderson, the current IWGP Never Openweight Champion. So showing that WWE has some form of working relation now with NW. And JPW say that AEW keeps saying they have, but I'm not seeing any of their guys there going on their show. We have an NWA and JPW superstar now part of WWE. We're never going to see that AEW, I don't think. I think you called him a superstar. NJPW superstar, part of the NW, the NJPW universe. Like that was your all, all of it together. So, uh, Yes, Gino, Carl Anderson. That was a cool moment. I didn't know he was the IWGP. Malachi Black says, fuck Gino, just rambles. No one knows what you the are saying. The never open weight title? You know what that is, Nathan. We all know the never open weight title. We all know that he was in the finals of the 2012 G1 Climax. Okay, I was saying it correctly. I started looking at you like, Gino, is this what I'm saying? True. So, Carl Anderson and the big LG. Well, now he's just Luke Gallows. He doesn't have to be the big LG Doc Gallows anymore. No, it's Luke Gallows is back. 
for his third or fourth stint with the WWE. That's fantastic news for him. But you were saying... Tyler Spita says, holy fuck. You were saying in the chat uh, that there were other names. You were like, there's other people rumored, other rumored signings. Who else is coming to WWE? You're the, you got the scoops. I'm just a regular casual. I watch wrestling when it shows up on USA Network Channel 46. What's happening? Well, again, the big ones is Vincent and Dutch because we could have the right just getting oh, involved no. being part of why it's six. We also do again have Brock Lesnar came back, which is great for Those him. Those were <laughs> we have the big and ones. And then we have Bo Vincent Dallas coming back, which is gonna be great. Bo and Bray. What was the Brock Lesnar thing last night? Because when he came out, so I had it muted. I was watching the Raiders. And when when Brock Lesnar came out, I did read reports like like from, I think, John Ross Sapp even, that he has no future dates or anything. Like, that was kind of the report where Brock has no dates on his calendar, so he's not going to be used for a while. Then he showed up on Raw. Like, what? So is that kind of what you were saying with Vincent and Dutch or with uh, the Motor City Machine Guns or whatever their names are? The Motor City Carl Andersons? Um, like, oh, there's there's no dates, and then they show up. It could be again, like like I never saw or read anything about Brock Lesnar coming out, but what I was excited like, when I saw it was like, so we're gonna finally keep the storyline going that we never got a full conclusion of Bobby and Brock because of Roman. Roman ruined that shit. We're finally getting this match that I just was hoping for and have a clean finish. And it most likely will be at Saudi Arabia or we just do it on a Monday night raw just to give the fans a match we can all be hyped for is Brock versus Bobby. But it most likely is gonna be at Crowd Jewel. Can you imagine if they put exciting matches on Raw? That'd be awesome. Like like, remember they used to be able to do that? They would advertise like a match for Raw that you wanted to see. Now it's just impromptu tag matches with the Judgment Day and shit. So, um, I mean, we did get like Seth and uh, fucking Bobby, which I thought was I was kind of excited for, even though it ended up being oh just a one sided match. Well, I kind of liked what Kevin said last night. Like fucking mid card belt. Like it, like I know that you're you're in the mindset. And I think Triple H wants us all to be in. Like there is a soul. There is a soul champion that's overarching all of WWE, and that's Roman Reigns. He's got the world heavyweight, or he's got the Universal and the WWE. So he's overarching both shows, and he's not on both shows. He's kind of just this omnipotent being, which makes the United States Championship the major championship on that brand. So for Monday Night Raw, they are trying to present the U.S. title like it's number one, and SmackDown's also trying to present an IC title like it's number one. But ultimately overarching is this Roman Reigns character that is trying to beat Bruno San Martino's record. So I know what they're going for, and I know what they're trying to, to pull off with this, but it's still the U.S. title. Like that's what I. That's my issue. Is that you can roll. You can roll a piece of shit and sugar all day long, Chino. It'll never be a powdered donut. So the U.S. title is always going to be a mid card belt. There's always going to be a, a level up. So if you're still look, if you're Seth Rollins, you just level down. You want to be leveling up. And that's why what they could do with these titles, with the U.S. title, with the IC title, is take from TNA like they sometimes like to do. Make these big car belts and have an option C where you could either keep defending this title and just keep getting like your wins and have yourself have this big raid or cash it in and be able to have a world title opportunity since you are this big car champion. Like, I'm okay with that idea of, like, hey, I have this belt just because I know I can cash it in at any time or maybe not even any time, just, like, there's one time a year where if you're that champion, you can do this. We need to bring back Open Fight Night. Remember Impact Wrestling? Open Fight Night was awesome. We need one of those. I want everyone to go to the ring and challenge people, and you can't say no. You have to fight them tonight. Uh, friends will become enemies, and enemies will become friends. Open Fight Night. 
So I don't know, dude. I think that the U.S. Championship becoming a mid card or be, like trying to be elevated. Because if I'm Seth, I still want my rematch with Roman. You're talking about Bobby and Brock never getting closure. How about Seth fucking getting his ass kicked at Royal Rumble and never asking for a rematch? Well, I mean, it's because he did. Again, in a sense, the story made sense because Seth wins at the end because he broke Roman to the point that he did get a win over <laughs> Roman by. DQ. So again, he broke Roman to that point that he just couldn't stop himself. And Seth won again psychologically. He won. Yeah, <laughs> lots of show for that psychological win. I'm glad storyline really paid off for Seth Rollins, who then went on to a, a WrestleMania program where he didn't have a match until the night of WrestleMania. So, uh, yeah, great win, great choice, Seth. Amazing. So yeah, Gino, that's stupid. I don't think that works. So, um. Bo Dallas coming back. That's at least a little interesting because he is uh, Bray's, you know, uh, shoot brother. They're brothers in real life, damn it. Not like Kane and Undertaker. We made them brothers. Uh, that'll be cool, right? We love Bo. We want to Bo leave. Yes, we love Bo. We loved Bo in all his incarnation. We love the social outcast. We were fans of nope. the Miz, We had all these great moments of Bo, and especially when he had his fucking kind of doing the C.J. Parker game where he had a fucking picket side and then he just had the fucking poetry and he only did that for like a month and they scrapped that and then he became, again, part of the Mr. Rush. Just I, a group guy. I liked the Bo Leave. I thought Bo Leave was hilarious. The inspirational videos of like a dove flying across the mountain and, you know, all of that shit was so hilarious. He came out to talk to Brock and told him he has to Bo Leave. That I thought was much better than all the other shit he did. I didn't like social outcasts because they would just yell, social outcasts. Like they didn't have a catchphrase or nothing, so they would just yell that. And they would march around like to Adam Rose's song. It was just stupid. Um, it really wasn't social outcasts. It was just. Malachi Black says social outcasts rules VLDs stop being no, hipster. I was just Job Squad 2.0. It was just trying to rip off Job Squad. Nobody actually liked it. Nobody actually liked Adam Rose. We liked Leo Kruger. We wanted to see the GC3, the greatest submission hold in wrestling history, on Raw and SmackDown, but instead we got Rosebuds. We got Sammy Guevara on TV. So we don't need that, Nathan Weller. We need uh, Leo Kruger, which is an awesome name, by the way. Leo Kruger. So, uh, so Vincent and Dutch were the big ones. That's worrisome. But Brock did show up. Carl Anderson and Gallo showed up. I uh, remember we were cutting all these people for budgetary reasons. It seems like we've gone back on that. And I guess before we go, Gino, uh, Kevin Patrick, what are your thoughts on this commentary team? I ended up enjoying KP on commentary. Him and Corey Graves, he's getting, again, this was his first night. I'm still going to see where he goes, but I think he did a decent job for his very first night as a main mic. He was doing, like, level up, I think, in main event. So, like, he's been doing fine. So, hopefully, we're going to see where he goes on in the next few weeks as the main mic on Raw. Why, why move away from Byron? Like that's really like out of every all of all the changes that have come up, that's the one that I'm still like kind of going like, wait, Byron, I actually don't, I actually like on commentary, and I think the banter between him and Corey, you know, it, it is what it is. We have a heel and a baby face, uh, but I thought Jimmy was was like Ke replacing Jimmy with Kevin doesn't seem like an upgrade or. Like, I don't know. We went from a like a like a B minus announced team to a like a D plus. Like we're excited that we just have Kevin and Corey. Like, why are we, are we waiting for someone else to show up to to sit in or what? 
I mean, that could be the case. Maybe Triple H is trying to get Morrow in. That would be actually really amazing if we got Morrow back because he is Triple H's guy. And he'd protect Morrow from people like JBL, who's back in SmackDown, but we haven't seen him in forever. So we could be just trying to be like, JBL's gone, Morrow, just come back and you could be the main mic on Raw for the first time. It'd be great to see him back. But right now, it, what really upset me out of all the things from the whole changes is Nigel McGuinness was let go. So I'm just like... Where is he going to go? Is he going to be the main mic now in the Ring of Honor show that they're eventually going to have in like two years when AEW dies and we just have to have Ring of Honor? Well, yeah, he wasn't, was he even doing, he wasn't doing NXT anymore. We had Stu Bennett. So, uh, yeah, where did they put him? Michael? I think he was, though, he was in Level Up. He was Nigel on Level Up and fucking uh, KP was on Made of It. 205 That's Live anywhere? Yeah, like who, who, is 205 Live still a thing? I think 205 Live thing. I've been only watching main event and level up. Who's Axiom? Is Axiom sick or what? Axiom's pretty good, but a guy like Brandon Fraser. I like Brad Fraser. He's so good. Like That's why I'm really excited for this Halloween Havoc ladder match. His name is Nathan Fraser, but I'm glad you're, a big, I'm glad you're a big fan. I'm glad you're a big fan of the guy from The Mummy. So <laughs> Yes. I think we did it, Gino. We talked all the wrestling that there was. Did we miss anything? Was there any hot goss that you that you think we need to get to before we ride off into that glorious sunset? There's not any real hot gossip right now, but we're just all excited for this Friday night where we're going to find out what Bray has in store, what Howdy's all about, what this Wyatt Six is going to do. Yeah, and what do, what do they do? Are they coming for the bloodline first? Like, you know, you're Adam Pacini from what culture? Who? How would you book it? Or Adam, what's the guy's name? Blampede. Are you, I'm Adam Blampede. I mean, what we have to do again, we have this fucking match at Saudi Arabia with Roman and fucking Logan. So we can't, like, start this right now. But we have Survivor Series, which is going to be War Games. So it makes sense to have the five men of the Wyatt Six go after the Bloodline. To have this big 5v5 War Games match. And then the Women's War Games match, we still need to find out who the fourth woman is going to be for damage control. To go against Candice LeRae and all these baby faces of Bianca Bella and all them. Are there any rumors? Or, like, is that is that it? Because there's women that are obviously not being utilized on the show. Like, is Tamina, Dana. Like, there's other people that aren't that I haven't seen in a while. I'm sure that there's people that want to show up and be a part of this War Games match. But I'm so sick of that shit, by the way. Like, I really am so done seeing Bianca. There's some parts of Raw that are very skippable because it is just rinse and repeat. How many more weeks of rinse and repeat are we going to have for... Bianca, Asuka, uh, Alexa, the Judgment Day, and Edge and Ray. Like, all of this stuff is so – like, if if I watched it five weeks ago and came back, I didn't miss shit. Like, it's all just – we haven't changed much. We haven't really changed much, but that's why we do need to, like, add – people to the storyline that's why maybe even though she's a part of the viking and raiders viking experience the war raiders logan sarah logan is going to come back this friday so maybe she could be a part of the story and she could be the fourth woman in damage control and try to switch things up make things better and make it the big war games match i'm excited for where they're going to go with sarah well, I, I don't know what that means, but as far as, like, I'm talking even Judgment Day. Like, Judgment Day just sucks. I don't think you can add more to it to make it better. Like, what would it take to get that group over? Because it's clearly not over. Am I, am I crazy? Are people loving Judgment Day? Like, nobody's actually liking Judgment Day. Like, that's the part of Raw. When that happens, we all look away. We all turn to the Monday night game. We all go to the kitchen to get something to drink. Like, there's nobody that's happy to see these guys. 
they are doing a really good job with Dominic and Ray. I feel like that storyline okay. is building up really well because the whole Dominic's trying to fucking force his dad to punch him, trying to force him, but Ray's just a real father, like a strong father. He doesn't want to do this to his son because he still sees the four-year-old Dominic that he fought for custody for in a ladder match. He still sees his little baby boy that he never wants to hurt. So they're doing the storyline right for him. But yeah, we do have like Finn who is... I think the most irritating Finn's ever been in a long time. Lies. As a Lies. Such a lie. He's so good on the mic. Listen, Finn is great. He's having fun, and I could tell he's having fun. It's great. Like him and a Uncle Alan having this great promo segment where we were building up for the club. So OG, OC, the original club. We're going to see where this goes, and hopefully this is going to go somewhere good. I'm optimistic for the Judgment Day. You don't like Finn Balor if that's really what you believe. Like, he's finally good. Like, this is the best Finn's ever been. Like, no, this is, like, the worst he's ever been. Like, his cheesy heel face is like a, yeah. Like, all of it is the worst. He's wearing a purple handkerchief, Gino. This is clearly the worst Finn Balor has ever been in his entire career. He's wearing pants. He's not even in undies anymore. Like, this is the worst he's been. Even when he was wearing white boots and red trunks, losing to Lesnar, he was better then. Like there's, there's so many other incarnations of Balor that I will take over this fucking bullshit we're getting. Damian Priest even sucks. Like remember, like I, I'm always gonna respect because he was Punishment Martinez. He sucks now. I don't care. Like this isn't Punishment Martinez. This is, uh, this is Damian Priest who in NXT I kind of thought, well, he's doing great in NXT. Don't call him up. And they called him up, and I thought, okay, they must have big plans for him. He teamed with Bad Bunny, and then he floundered for several months. Had a zombie match with Miz. Like, uh, took six weeks off of TV after winning that zombie match, by the way. So, this sucks, dude. And, he, and the Rhea and Dom stuff is pretty good. Like, that seems to be the only stuff. Because like, even Kevin wrote in the chat, Dom is over. You said Dom is over. So, we're more interested in the Dom versus Ray stuff. Rhea is just a nice little part of that. Maybe it's just Finn and Damien suck. But that's why we need to have the big LG and machine gun. We're going to help them to put them over. We're going to have the machine gun and the big LG to help fucking Damien get better by having big promos off between these two groups oh, with man. the Judgment Day and the OC. I'm excited for it. It sounds future. so shitty. I'm like upset that like, you're excited for this. Like, raw. Like, because th- if this stuff was happening five months ago before Triple H took over, you would hate it. I swear you would hate it. And now, like, you used to complain about camera cuts. You used to complain about random shit that I just didn't even catch. And now that it's just under a vise of a different guy, you suddenly are okay with. Look, it'll get better. We just got to stick with it. Like, you didn't say that six months ago. Where was this positivity, Gino? I just became more positive as my life has gone on. I've realized, you know, we need to be more optimistic and hopeful for the future like I've become with pro wrestling. I've just been able to enjoy pro wrestling and see the light of good professional wrestling. You're so not sick, Gino. I like that when we started this whole thing. You were like, yeah, I'm sick, dude. Like, you sound great. You sound fine. Everything went well. Just start applying for jobs and go to interviews tomorrow. What a silly excuse. I don't want to apply for jobs because I don't want to go to an interview because I'm sick. You're not going to be sick for the rest of your life. Just go. go. Malachi Black says, I'm like Velides now. I struggle to keep up with all this shit with work getting super busy. No, I'm keeping it up harder than ever now. We just got to listen to the whole fucking show. Kevin runs down the fun parts. Uh, he, 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 likes, he, he doesn't like Finn Balor either, I bet. you know Nobody likes Finn Balor. Uh, I think the Bound for Glory stuff is the shit. That, if I had to get rid of a wrestling thing, that's what I'm getting rid of. But 
But this is the most niche wrestling discussion on the internet, you know. So we need to watch Pound for Glory. We gotta watch MLW. There, you know, MLW's got a streaming service now too. Oh, they do. I thought they were a lot. Paul, wasn't they? Weren't they doing so with like Vice, or is it like saying now that's not Vice connected? No, it's like Swa says I had a migraine. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I was just laying here. I was sleepy. Uh, MLW, it's like it's called like pro wrestling something, and it is just gonna have like their entire tape library finds new streaming home. With pro, it's called pro wrestling TV. How fucking stupid am I? That's just what it's called, Gino. Pro wrestling TV is gonna be. Uh, they're bringing weekly series Fusion, and we have some big projects coming in 2023. PWTV launched in April and already features AAA, Maria Canellis' Women's Wrestling Army. Bauer noted that an element that makes uh, PWTV so appealing is that it is all that all content available is free of charge. So that's one thing Court Bauer has really done with MOW is it's all on YouTube anyway. Like most of it's free, so you just they're they're really existing off a live gate, I guess. And, and Steven knew. Like, I don't know what, I don't know how this company pays wrestlers, but somehow it's there and it works. So uh, I, I'm excited. I like, I, maybe I'll get back into MLW if it's easier to watch. It'd be great if it's easier to watch. And we're, it should be at the perfect time that they're on this contract or working with fucking pro wrestling TV because we will have Battle Riot, which is what we all are looking forward to. All the wrestlers, they get to get paid so much money for Battle Riot. We did it, Gino. We covered it all. I'm excited. Tomorrow, I'll be back with Kevin Scampoli for the whole fucking show immediately following Dynamite. I know Gino's going to be there. I know Gino's excited for it. Don't be too sick to go, Gino. It's going to be fine. I know it's going to be fine. It's going to be a great Dynamite. We have Danielson and Jericho 3. It's going to be a great main event match. And we have one more week to the Tuesday Night War of AEW versus NXT. Tuesday nights are our battleground. Who will survive? Who will win? Thank you guys so much for coming in and hanging out. Like I said, tomorrow night, whole effing show. We did it. You know, let's ride off into that glorious sunset. Might be our song all the time, Gino. I wanna be great. I want to go to my play. To be the best, you gotta go hard and do whatever it takes. I wanna be great. I learned from my mistakes. Now I do what it takes. I do what it takes. I do what it takes. Everyone's had that day. What you wanna thank you, Gino? I probably just love you, man. Don't listen what the haters gotta say. I said the wind, look at me in the face. Success is sweet, sweet, sweet. And I really, really love the taste. The hunger, it keeps me alive. I want the piece of the pie. Give me the plate. I want to go to my neck and my name on the side of the jet with all due respect. I'm putting work, 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 and I'm not tired yet. I'll never give up, will ever give in until I'm the best. I want to be great. 